This is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations, and you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. Okay, if you've got a Bible with you, if you'd like to uh, turn to Luke chapter 19, please. So we're jumping around a little bit in Luke. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, we were going to look at this passage together, but it seemed that God had other ideas, and uh, so uh, we spent some time responding to what he was doing, and uh, I spoke into that. And then uh, last week, I was in Leicester, uh, serving King's Church Leicester, and uh, thank you for those of you who are praying for that, and uh, have asked me how that went. It went very well. I had a good time with the church there. Um, and then, so Ray was speaking from uh, the back end of Luke 19. So we're jumping back a little bit here. We're going to look at Zacchaeus this morning. So uh, we'll read from verse 1 of Luke chapter 19. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he could not because of the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he's gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. Okay, let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your words and we thank you for what we've just read. And we pray that in these moments we have together that you would speak to us, uh, you would illuminate scripture to us by your spirit. Uh, and Lord, we'd hear from heaven what you might have for us this morning. Uh, I pray you'd help me to communicate well. I pray for each of us, Lord, that you give us ears to hear what the spirit might say to us this morning. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so those of you who were in... Sunday schools as children may remember a song about Zacchaeus being a very little man. A very little man was he. He climbed up to a sycamore tree for Jesus he could not see. I, I did threaten to sing it, but I didn't get a very good response when I suggested that to one or two people. So I will not be singing to it, but no, no, maybe, maybe I might be down here, but Zacchaeus was a very little man, and a very little man was he. Yeah, okay, well, I think that's quite enough. So, Zacchaeus, being a little man, couldn't see Jesus in the approaching crowds. And it's great that he wanted to see Jesus, but we need to know who he was. So, Zacchaeus was a tax collector, and uh, we're told that he wasn't just any tax collector, he was a chief tax collector. And let's be clear, he would not have been a very popular person. He would not have been people's favourite person to hang around a few weeks ago, James referred to uh, the tax collector in Luke 18 as someone perhaps like a traffic warden, I think was the, uh, the illustration he used. Zacchaeus might have been the sort of traffic warden who would have ticketed a hearse, you know, particularly um, 
unpleasant, people would have assumed, and not very popular. This guy's a collaborator. He's working with the Romans, the, um, the occupying power. And uh, he would not have had a popular position in Israel. But it is a senior position that he had, and he would have got very rich by it. Perhaps by not very honest means, we would assume. Tax collectors had a very poor reputation with the Jews. His fellow countrymen would have hated him. He was not well loved. I mean, how different with Her Majesty's inspectors these days, which if we see them in our offices and workplaces, we welcome them with open arms, don't we? The revenue are here, hurrah! There's much rejoicing. Maybe. None of you are tax collectors, as far as I know. Maybe you are. I'm sorry if I've offended you. I haven't meant to. But Zacchaeus wouldn't have been popular. So the crowd wouldn't have been very impressed with Jesus stopping to talk to him. Think about it for a moment. There's all these people in the crowd thinking, well, if Jesus is going to speak to anybody, he's going to speak to me. What about me? Doesn't Jesus know who Zacchaeus is? You know, I'm a much better person than he is. What's he doing speaking to him? It wouldn't have gone down well with the crowd that were around. Don't you even know who he is, Jesus? You can imagine them saying, and shouting from the back, (laughs) oh yeah, Jesus knew exactly who he was. And that's why he was stopping to talk to him. Do you ever find yourself surprised at who's responded to the gospel? Ever find yourself surprised thinking, oh well, could Jesus really reach them? You know what? Jesus can reach anyone. And if you have ever thought that you were too far away from the Lord, then let me tell you, you're not. No one is too far from his reach. Everyone is within his arm. No one is too far for Jesus to stretch out his arm and to save if they respond to him. Zacchaeus wasn't too far. And you're not too far this morning. Maybe people that you know are not too far either. The truth is that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Paul tells us that in Romans chapter 3. All of us need God's grace. Every one of us. We all need his grace and his mercy, no matter who we are. And isn't it interesting that Jesus hasn't just randomly bumped into Zacchaeus. It's not that he happened to be walking along and the guy was so him. It wasn't like, oh, Zacchaeus, I almost fell over you there. It wasn't even as he was in the crowd. Oh, who are you? No, no. Jesus searched him out. Jesus was looking for him. This wasn't just a random bumping into in a crowd. Jesus was looking. Jesus was searching out for Zacchaeus. Let's just pause a moment. Let's just let that settle because... We need to see that. I need to see as well that the same is true for you. Jesus has searched you out. If you don't yet know him this morning, Jesus is searching you out. This wasn't random for Jesus. just happened to bumping into Zacchaeus. He was looking for him and he knew where to find him. It wasn't just he was bad at hiding in trees. (laughs) Jesus knew exactly where he was, looking for him and searching him out. So, 
clearly God's begun a work in Zacchaeus even before he meets Jesus because that's why he's looking for him. So we can only respond to God by his initial work in us to start with. That's true of all of us. You might think that, oh, well, I went on Alpha course. I responded then or I you know, went forward at a meeting or I did this or, you know what? You just responded to what God had started in you. Now, yes, you need to make a response, but it's at God's initiative and he started it. So much to everyone's surprise, Jesus picks out Zacchaeus. Crowd were not impressed at this. You can imagine them thinking, what's he doing? But Jesus knew, knows exactly what he's doing because it's very clear. Luke, Luke tells us that Jesus says, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. Bible uses that phrase talking about people who are far from God. And Jesus was actively searching out Zacchaeus in the same way that he's actively searched out you or is searching out you this morning if you haven't yet responded to him. See, by lost, Jesus means someone who's far from God and he searches them out because he knows them by name. He's not just a crowd that Jesus looks at. He sees individuals that he knows that he loves. He sees situations that he wants to break into and bring his love to. It's so easy for us to think that it's just about us and it's just about looking after one another and loving one another. And that's important. Scripture tells us to love one another, to care for one another, to build one another up. All those things are important to us. Part of our vision is to, uh, is to love one another. It comes just after loving God first. But you know what? It doesn't stop there. It needs to go on to loving those who don't know Jesus yet. And Jesus was continually looking for others that he could draw in, continually looking for others that he could welcome into the family of God. And the challenge for us, friends, is to not to get comfortable with where we are but to continually looking at reaching out and drawing others in to the family of God. To be loving those who are far from him. Loving those that don't yet know Jesus as their saviour and their Lord. So some of these things that we do, like the comedy night, like the guest service with Mike, Mike, they're ideal opportunities for us to take hold of us and say, yeah, I'm going to make an extra effort here and seek to reach out and love someone who doesn't know Jesus yet. Scripture continually encourages us to do that. And it's exactly what Jesus is doing here. Exactly what he's doing with Zacchaeus. So I think the challenge for us is to be doing the same. Just as Jesus is continually looking, searching out, I want to ask you, who are you searching out? Who are you looking for? Who are you praying for? Who are you seeking an opportunity to have a conversation with about the Lord's? Who might it be over these next few weeks that you're actively praying about, searching out, in order that you might build a bridge of friendship that perhaps Jesus could walk across? Who might it be over these summer weeks that you might be looking to do that with? So just as Jesus called out Zacchaeus by name, he calls out you by name. And if you haven't 
yet responded to the Lord. Maybe you're here with a friend and maybe you've heard messages like this before or maybe it's the very first time. Jesus calls you by name this morning. He knows you by name. You're not just a amorphous blob to him. You're not just another person on a list. He knows you by name. He loves you. He knows all about you. And he calls you to respond to him, just as he called to to Zacchaeus. Can you hear him? Have you heard his voice? Paul says in 2 Corinthians 6, I tell you, now is the time of God's favour. Now is the day of salvation. Maybe today is your day to respond to him. Maybe today is your day to say, yes, Lord, I, I hear your voice. I want to respond to you. What's your response? For Zacchaeus, his response was getting out of the tree and following Jesus. What's your response this morning? It might not be a tree you need to get out of, (laughs) but are you going to respond to follow him this morning as he calls your name? For Zacchaeus, everything changed in these moments. Everything changed. Life was never the same again for him once he had an encounter with Jesus. Everything was changing now. He came down from the tree. He welcomed Jesus gladly into his home. And uh, he started to put some things right. Immediately there was evidence of God's work in his heart. So straight away we see that he gives away half of his possessions to the poor and anyone that he's cheated, he says he'll pay back four times the amount. That's a pretty radical transformation, isn't it? And... Our expectation is that there are probably quite a few people who will be lining up and saying, you know what, I think he's cheated me. (laughs) This would not have just been something he would have said and thinking, it's okay, no one's going to respond. There probably would have been a whole line of people that said, yeah, put my name down on that list (laughs) for the four times the amount. Thank you very much. This would have cost Zacchaeus. But immediately you see there's evidence of God working in him, working in his heart. You see, meeting with Jesus results in radical transformations. Did it result in a radical transformation for you? Maybe you can think, yeah, before you were a Christian, your life was, you may describe it in a certain way, and as you met the Lord, everything changed. There was a radical transformation. Maybe for others of you, perhaps you came to the Lord as a younger person. That's true of me. I became a Christian as a child, and I know what God has saved me from. I might not have had the, oh, my life was like this, and it became like that story, but I know what it could have been. I know what mess I could have made of things. Now, I've still made all sorts of messes of different things. But without Jesus, I know the sort of humongous mess that I really could have made of my life. Maybe it's like that for you. But whatever story you might have, transformation occurs when we meet Jesus, isn't it? Our lives are never the same again. I mean, think about what happened to the Apostle Paul. You know, here you've got someone who was going around persecuting the church, approving of killing Christians. Jesus meets him. There's a radical transformation, isn't there? Everything changes from here for him. He goes from being the chief persecutor of Christians to the chief advocate to the Gentiles. Speaking of Jesus at every opportunity and preaching the gospel and spends the rest of his days doing that. 
Luke tells us in Acts 19 about a radical transformation that occurred when people came to the Lord in Ephesus. Luke 19 verse 18 says, Many of those who believed now came and openly confessed what they had done. A number who had practiced sorcery brought their scrolls together and burned them publicly. When they calculated the value of the scrolls, the total came to 50,000 drachmas. In this way, the word of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. Now, a drachma was a silver coin. It was worth around about a day's wages. So these scrolls would have been worth in the order of around about five million pounds. That's a fairly radical transformation, isn't it? Burning that amount of things that are associated with a previous lifestyle, not honouring to God. That's a pretty radical transformation. And Zacchaeus had a radical transformation as well. He welcomes Jesus into his home. He sees that he needs to put some things right. He's not safe because he gives the money away. Let's be clear about this, friends. It's as a result of what Jesus has clearly done in his life. There's a radical transformation and evidence of it. Giving his money away doesn't save him. Giving his money away is a result of him being saved and what Jesus has done in his life. Now it's interesting that Luke goes on from this story of Zacchaeus to tell us a parable. So if you've still got your Bibles open, we're going to read it together. This is verse 11 now of Luke chapter 19. It says, While they were listening to this, he went on to tell them a parable. This is at the same time now. They're seeing what's going on with, with Zacchaeus. So while they're listening to this, Jesus went on to tell them a parable because he was near Jerusalem and the people thought that the kingdom of God was going to appear at once. He said, A man of noble birth went to a distant country to have himself appointed king and then to return. So he called ten of his servants and gave each of them ten miners. Put this money to work, he said, until I come back. But his subjects hated him and sent a delegation after him to say, we don't want this man to be our king. He was made king, however, and returned home. Then he sent for the servants to whom he'd given the money in order to find out what they'd gained with it. The first one came and said, sir, your miner has earned ten more. Well done, my good servant, his master replied, because you've been trustworthy in a very small matter. Take charge of ten cities. The second came and said, Sir, your, your miner has earned five more. His master answered, you, you take charge of five cities. Then another servant came and said, Sir, here is your miner. I have kept it laid away in a piece of cloth. I was afraid of you because you are a hard man. You take out what you did not put in and reap what you did not sow. His master replied, I will judge you by your own words, you wicked servant. You knew, did you, that I'm a hard man, taking out what I did not put in and reaping what I did not sow? Why then didn't you put my money on deposit so that when I came back, I could have collected it with interest? Then he said to those standing by, take his miner away from him and give it to the one who has ten miners. Sir, they replied, he already has ten. Jesus replied, I tell you that to everyone who has, more will be given. But as to the one who has nothing, even what he has will be taken away. But those enemies of mine who did not want me to be a king over them, bring them here and kill them in front of me. So Jesus goes on to tell us a parable. Sorry, Luke goes on to tell us a parable that Jesus told on this occasion. 
And it's a story about money and about using wisely what God has given you. And this time the master's servants get given an amount of money to invest whilst he's away. And he clearly expects them to use the money well, to invest it and to, to get a return on it. And when he comes back, he wants to see how it's been used. And those that use the money well are rewarded for their efforts. But the one who does nothing is rebuked for his idleness and his laziness. So there are a couple of things for us to note here. And they lead on from the story of Zacchaeus, as we'll see in just a moment. But firstly, what are you doing with what God has given you? The things that God has entrusted you with, how are you using them? How are you, if you like, investing them? Just as the servants were entrusted with something that wasn't really theirs, it was just theirs to use, it was really belonged to somebody else, that belonged to their master. What about the gifts and the talents that God has entrusted you with? They're really his, but he's given them to you to steward, to use for his kingdom, for his glory. How are you using them? We looked at this subject a few weeks ago when we looked at Luke chapter 16. And so just as you can invest money and make a return, you can invest your gifts, your talents, what God has given you. You can make a return on them too. If you use wisely what God has given you. Are you doing that? Are you doing that? If God asked you this morning, how are you using what I've given you? What answer would you give? What would be the honest response? Secondly, we should see that this parable is straight after the story of Zacchaeus. It's straight after Zacchaeus' radical conversion and transformation. For Zacchaeus, you see, his issue is money. He's a tax collector. And clearly this, this has got hold of him. And that's why in his transformation and his as a result of his conversion, he, he gives a load away. So this story is about money too. So let's talk about it for a moment. We, we don't talk often about money in church. I think some people think that that's all churches ever do is talk about money. Actually, it's not true. We don't talk about it very much, certainly not as much as Jesus did. And uh, when it comes up in Scripture like this, we'll address it and, and talk about it. And that's what we need to do this morning. But right here, you can't get away from it. It's right here in the passage. So what do we learn? Well, firstly, we learn we're, we're just stewards. We're just stewards with what belongs to God. It's all his. We're just stewards. That was true of these servants, wasn't it? The money didn't belong to them. They belonged to their master. They were just stewards of the money. So our starting point is this. Everything belongs to God. It's all his. He owns it all. We're just stewards. It's all his. Everything that you have, all of your money and your possessions, your investments, property, whatever it might be, actually it's like it's on loan to you from him. You're, you're a steward for a period of time to take care of it for a season. Now, you might steward a little, you might steward much. That's not the issue. The question is, how are you stewarding what God has given you to take care of? Too often we can get into the mindset of thinking that once we've given our offering to God, maybe you perhaps tithe your income, you think, well, I, I've given God the God bit and now the rest of it's mine. I can do what I like with it. Actually, you know what? 
God is as interested in the bit that you keep to use as he is in the bit that you give to him in an offering. Why? Because it's all his. He owns it all. We're just stewards, look after it for a season. Psalm 50 says that the cattle on a thousand hills belongs to the Lord. It's all his. It, it, it really is. So how are you getting on with what he's given you to look after, to steward? Not just the proportion you give, but the proportion that you keep as well. How are you getting on with that? Both of these passages actually teach us something about money. With Zacchaeus, the way he responded with his money demonstrated the change that happened in his heart. It was as a result of what Jesus had done in his heart. As we said earlier, let's make it really clear, you're not saved because you give away a load of money. But for Zacchaeus, once he was saved, it was a result of what Jesus had done in his life. He wanted to give money away to put right the wrongs that he had done. You see, we're saved by God's grace. Nothing else. Nothing that we can put into it. We can't. It's all by his grace. But one of the ways, certainly for Zacchaeus, and also for us, one of the ways that we can see God working in someone's life is how they use their money. You see, you can't see someone's heart. You know, we can look at somebody, but can't actually see inside them. We can't see what's going on. But we can see if they're a generous person. We can see what they do with their money. And we can see the sort of effect that their walk with God has had upon their life. So what about you? What might your bank statement or credit card statement say about you? And your walk with God. Would it be honouring to him? Would it be an illustration of your generosity and walk with him? Or would it show some other things? How generous are you with what God has given you? Proverbs 11.25 says, A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. And Paul says in 2 Corinthians 9 verse 6, Remember this, Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. You can't get away from the fact that the Bible commands us to be generous. And it seems to be a key indicator of how we're doing with God. So, how are you doing with God? How are you doing in generosity? Let's bring this to a conclusion or wrap up. Zacchaeus was someone who started the day being far from God. He started the day wanting to see Jesus climbing a tree to get a better view. And he ended the day having met with Jesus personally, his life being radically transformed, he entertaining Jesus in his home and in making some pretty tough decisions about what he was going to do to honour God and to put right what he'd done wrong. That was, that was Zacchaeus' day. And today, your heart can be changed by Jesus too. Your heart can be transformed and set ablaze for him, just like Zacchaeus' heart was. Maybe for the first time, you can know something of God's love and his forgiveness in your life. You can respond to Jesus today, just as Zacchaeus did. Or maybe for you, actually... It's not responding to him for the first time, but you can see Jesus afresh. Zacchaeus saw him as an encounter with the Lord. Maybe that's what God has for you this morning, seeing him afresh. 
then how are you doing with what God has entrusted you with? How are you doing with generosity? Is that an example of your life right now? I want to challenge us this morning. Why not think of a way this week in which you could demonstrate generosity to someone else? Why not look for an opportunity to be generous? Look for an opportunity to bless. Look for an opportunity to encourage. Not that those things save you, but rather come out of a heart that has been radically transformed and set on fire for Jesus. Are you up for that challenge? Let's look for ways this week we can be generous and bless. You can be generous with a lot or generous with a little. Actually, it's not the amount that's the issue, it's the heart behind it. So I want to encourage us this week, let's be generous. Let's be looking to bless and love one another. I want us to just pause for a moment. I'm not always very good at pausing and quiet. (laughs) That's not my natural default position. (laughs) But before we finish, before we close, I just want us to have a moment of quiet. And uh, why not just ask the Lord for yourself? couple of things how can you be generous this week how can you show love and generosity to somebody else and also who might it be that you're searching out this week who might it be that God wants to lay on your heart right now to to pray for to look for opportunity of conversations that might be to invite maybe to the comedy night or to the guest service in the autumn who might it be that God wants you to seek out this week. Let's just have a moment of prayer and quiet as we listen to the Lord and we'll close in a moment. Lord Jesus, thank you that you searched out Zacchaeus. Thank you that you knew where he was and thank you that you wanted him to meet you. Thank you, Jesus, that you've searched us out. Thank you, Lord, that you've uh, looked for us and called us into your kingdom. And Lord, for any who are here this morning who haven't yet responded to your invitation for a relationship with you, Lord, I pray that they might hear you calling their name this morning. Lord God, that they might hear your voice calling them into relationship with you. And Lord, for all of us, I I pray this morning that we would be looking for opportunities this week to be generous, opportunities to bless and to encourage. Please help us with those things, Lord. Help us to, to look for that opportunity and to respond when it comes. And Lord, I pray too that we will be actively looking and searching out those who are far from you. Looking for opportunities to invite maybe to the, uh, the Alpha Comedy Night or to the guest service. Looking for opportunities to share something in our faith and your love for people. Lord, please help us with that. Over these summer weeks, Lord, I pray you'd give us some great opportunities to share something of our faith with others. To invite others to some of these things that we're doing together in the autumn. Lord, in order there might be many more that you're calling. Lord, in order that we might see many saved and added 
into Jubilee and what you're doing here. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for those that we've uh, brought into membership this morning. Thank you that you are building your church. Lord, we want to give you something great to work with. Please take our hearts, take our lives and use them for your glory. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for being here this morning. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at 